You are listening to Orange Blaze, a Florida Trail podcast. When I was going through Big Cypress, I got to see the entire class of 2017 hikers starting their journeys. You know, and that was without a doubt the coolest thing. That was like just, you know, seeing all these happy, friendly faces. And some faces I even recognized from the Appalachian Trail that year. I was starting the Florida Trail and, uh, yeah, that was just the most amazing feeling ever to run into all of them. That was James Hoher, otherwise known as Jupiter. And you may be familiar with him already as he hiked the Eastern Continental Trail in 2016 from Quebec down to Key West, Florida. In between there, he also attempted and completed the fastest known time at that time, 28 days, 9 hours, and 59 minutes. Since then, there have been two other people who have beaten his record. Shortly after, in 2017, Phil Phelan completed that in 26 days, 8 hours, and 54 minutes. And most recently, Daniel Chopsticks Munsell finished the trail in 24 days, 11 hours, and 45 minutes in 2018. Now, I invited Jupiter on early in the podcast because I saw that he was leaving for a Pacific Crest Trail yo-yo this summer, and I knew I wouldn't be able to get in touch with him once he was on the trail. He is also one of the people that I began following when he did the ECT, but I also followed him before he had left when he was just hiking in Florida, training on the Ocean to Lake Trail, and hiking around Florida. I was intrigued by his enthusiasm for Florida, but also by his ability to hike long distances very quickly. And having him on the podcast to talk about his experience was something I wanted to share with everyone else. Now, in addition to him being on this podcast, he was on the Roots podcast most recently, and I will link that into the show notes for this episode if you want to drop by orangeblaze.thegardenpathpodcast.com to check out that And Jupiter tells in the episode everywhere you can follow him on his upcoming hike and to review his blog post for the Florida Trail for his fastest known time attempt. All of that stuff will be in the show notes too. Jupiter and I had an awesome conversation and I think you're going to enjoy hearing about some of the interesting things that happened to him along the way and maybe maybe you're going to be intrigued and want to do your own fastest known time on the trail. Honestly, I would like to see a woman out there trying it in the next year or two, I would like to see that happen. So come on, ladies, you can step up to the plate and get out there and do this. All right, now let's get to the episode. All right. Well, I'm glad we're, uh, we finally got this, made this happen. I'm sorry about all the problems you had to go through on the, uh, with your family, but I'm glad. Uh... Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, we're finally getting together and doing this. So Yes, yes, and for being game of being my first my first guest for this podcast, and yeah, I'm really so. excited about a Florida Trail podcast. Uh, you know, there isn't such a thing, and I think the trail could really use the type of not just publicity, but I think other folks need to hear about that. Folks actually really enjoy the Florida Trail, and you know, exactly, exactly, and you know, I. I think you can only write so many things and podcasting is such a different medium. And I see so many people listening to podcasts on trails or audiobooks and such. And I thought it'd be great for this season. You know, everybody's hiking, put something else about the Florida trail in their ears. Maybe they'll want to go hiking in January next year. So, yeah. So, um, I think a lot of probably the trail community knows who you are. You're pretty well known, but for everybody who doesn't, can you kind of tell everybody who you are and maybe a little bit about your backpacking background? I was listening to the Roots podcast that you were just on and <laughs> kind of laughing at, you know, those beginning backpacker moments, but how you got from there to who you are today? Yeah, well, I, I don't really think I'm that well known, but I think in maybe the tiniest of tiniest of groups within this tiny group, uh, <laughs> some people might, but uh, I'm Jupiter. I'm from Florida, and uh, I I'm a hiker. <laughs> you know, that's that's just where my heart lies, and that's all I really want to do is these really like long, long hikes, and not necessarily fast, but I think we'll get into that a little bit later. And uh, so, in 2016, uh, most notably, I hiked the Eastern Continental Trail, which runs from Key West, Florida, all the way up to Quebec, Canada, mm-hmm. and uh, 
you know, some would argue even beyond that. But uh, the route I hiked was about 4,800 miles, and I even added in some extra in there. Yeah. But, uh, so that was 2016. Uh, since then, last year, I hiked about 500 miles on the East Coast up through Vermont up to uh, Quebec again. Mm-hmm. Uh, then flew over to the West Coast, did about 500 miles over through Oregon and Northern California. And uh, I guess going back in time in 2012, I had first attempted a through hike of the Appalachian Trail. And uh, it didn't really go so well. And I, I, but I still, I loved that experience so much. And I had the absolute time of my life, you know, meeting all these new people and just like, kind of being out on my own. I was a little bit younger and uh, it was just the most amazing thing. And I only made it about 400 miles. So I, although I had this wonderful time, I still kind of viewed it as like, I didn't complete this goal. So uh, right. later, I, I guess I came back with a, with a strong vengeance, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, uh, so you got get a taste of it and you're like, how can I make it better? Yeah, exactly. How can I do better? That's uh, that's just like a reoccurring theme for me. It's mm-hmm. just like, okay, this is cool, but how can I push that further? You know, so I, I really got started with this whole stuff because my mom was a Florida Trail Association volunteer uh, for, okay. I think, maybe a long time. I don't remember. I was very young, but I would always go out there and help her paint the orange blazes on the trees and, uh, you know, clip some plants and I didn't really like it at all, but, uh, you know, what, what child does, but, uh, right. I, I think that really stuck with me. Just the fact that these things are out there that way out, way out in the woods, this trail exists and, uh, you know, you can kind of go out there and be free. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people in Florida, especially don't know, necessarily what is around them especially not not just what's in their backyard but the florida trail in general that it goes through the whole state and there's a ton of other side trails that the florida trail association maintains too so um and uh, beyond that just the sheer amount of natural areas we have or we florida has more springs than any other state in any other state in the country more springs mm -hmm. i don't think a lot of people know that folks come here for the beaches when right. Just this amazing network of water inshore too. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, we when we lived in Florida, we kind of we got started exploring through geocaching, and I don't know if you've ever done that. And that's how we kind of started stumbling upon all of these natural areas, and then going to Google Maps and seeing all the different green spaces, and then abandoning geocaching and for hiking. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there's just so much. I, I I just loved Florida living there and seeing what was there to offer. And um, I'm glad you got the chance as a kid that your mom was able to uh, introduce you to all of that. So, yeah, me too. I guess you know, I, maybe, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as, it, <laughs> as my life is going off in this weird direction, but uh, I'm very happy with it. You know, and I'm I feel like I'm more happy with it every single day. So, right, right, uh, yeah. Um, so I guess I was going to say, start with the ACT, but at the same time, I also think that I think we, you trained a lot on the ocean to lake trail and that's a segment of the Florida trail that I think a lot of people don't really know about. Um, can you talk about that section a little bit and kind of how you use that to prep for the ECT and your further adventures? Yeah, it's a uh, ocean to lake trail is a spur trail off of the Florida national scenic trail. And it's roughly 61 to 63 miles. Yeah. Uh, somewhere somewhere right in between there. And it runs from Lake Okeechobee to uh, the Hope Sound Beach or vice versa, the Ocean to Lake Trail. Right. <laughs> two, regardless of where you start or finish, it's got these two really awesome termini, you know, where you're either ending at this just this massive lake where you can't even possibly see across it. It's a... Uh, I don't know, maybe one third the size or one half the size of Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or, you know, you have the beach where you finish or start with your toes in the sand and the salt water. So, uh, 
since you're kind of you're starting off with uh, coastal, you know, you go through these sand dunes and it's really hilly and just that I find that really fascinating. But as you get west, just the terrain changes so much and so quickly. One of the things I love about the trail the most is just uh, how often it is changing and how many different like styles of natural areas you go through in just 63 miles. It almost seems like every couple of miles you're in just like a completely different area, either underneath these like great oak hammocks or, uh, you know, just palm trees or the sand dunes, uh, wetlands and swamps. And uh, it's really incredible. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I learned about that. My first ever backpacking trip was on that. Uh, I, I didn't even really realize it, uh, just hiking with a couple of friends and they knew better than I did, <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, so I, I, uh, I, I came back from the Appalachian trail in 2012 and I kind of wasn't really going through the best time in my life. And, uh, I was living in Gainesville, Florida and I moved back to, uh, Jupiter, Florida. And uh, I guess I was just looking for an excuse to get out of the house and something to do. And just like resonating in the back of my mind was this like backpacking experience on the the Appalachian Trail and backpacking with my friend Sarah and Morgan and Chris. And, uh, you know, so I I started going out onto the ocean lake and it's kind of right in my backyard a little bit. I I live just a couple miles off of it. And, uh, you know, one little four mile trip turned into a six mile trip to 10 mile. And before I knew it, I was out there twice a week, every single week, uh, camping, uh, every single day I had off, I would leave work, grab my backpack, head into the woods. And then, uh, the next day I would have the whole day to hike. Right. You know, so I, I did that for about a year. And as you're saying, not a lot of people know about this, this trail, this beautiful trail here that just kind of like snakes through uh, all the urban areas and it amazingly stays in just like natural land and uh, public land the entire time or maybe not public, but uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think it's pretty much all public. I mean, somebody, maybe even just like the water management district may own a couple of the parcels, but definitely water management. Yeah. But uh, so I, I just started going out there all the time and, you know, just racking up miles. And I started hiking the 60 something miles end to end, just, you know, every chance I got, I was taking off time from work to do that. And I started questioning with myself, like, what do I want to do with this like newfound joy, this newfound happiness that I'm receiving from going out there and hiking and camping and being in the woods. And, uh, you know, so I kind of decided that I really wanted to do the Florida trail just as a Floridian Mm -hmm. that really interests me kind of seeing the entire state, uh, in that type of a respect, you know, three miles per hour. And I also wanted to do the Appalachian trail. Uh, but I, I thought that, uh, I I was kind of picking up my pace and doing a bit more miles. So I thought to myself like, well, Appalachian trail would take me roughly like three months and the Florida trail would take, maybe two months at the most. And, uh, so I, I decided I would just combine them and do them both in one season just because mm-hmm. to quit a job to go hike for two months just doesn't, it doesn't seem worth a heartache. Right. Your coworkers and, you know, maybe burning a bridge and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, and one day I was just hanging out with, uh, my friend Chris, who I had done a lot of backpacking with and, he made this really stupid joke about, uh, why don't I just connect the two? Why don't I just walk in between the Florida trail and the Appalachian trail? And then later on, we didn't even know about the Eastern continental, which does that exact same thing. Right. And, uh, later on, he made another stupid joke about, well, if I'm going to do the Florida trail, why don't I just start in the keys? (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, I thought he was crazy. I thought like, why, why would you put yourself on this? It's probably mostly roads and, you know, why would you ever do that type of thing? And, you know, the, the more that thought just sat in the back of my head, the more, I guess I wanted to do it. Right. <laughs> I learned about the Eastern continental trail and 
you know, and later on when I was, I was originally planning on going from uh, Key West to Katahdin in Maine and calling that good. And uh, one of my friends said, man, Quebec is incredible. How could you miss that? Yeah. <laughs> so this thing just, it just grew and grew and kind of turned into uh, what it, what it became. Right. So I guess when you went into planning the ECT, did you have the FKT for the Florida Trail in mind? And that's why you decided to start up north? Or did you originally think about starting in Key West? Uh, The reason I started up north is because I could start a few months later. You know, instead of starting in January in Florida or December even, Mm -hmm. uh, I got to start uh, in, I don't even remember, it's kind of ridiculous, but I think it was July 1st. Okay. So I, I had that many more months to save up money. Oh, okay. You know, so that was pretty much the, the entire reason for that. And uh, I once my plans changed from uh, Mount Katahdin in Maine to going all the way up through Canada, that's when I really started thinking about uh, actually going for a, a record on the Florida Trail. Okay. Yeah. So, and then... I guess as you're walking on the ECT, did you solidify that idea for doing the FKT or did you, you were pretty set in stone when you started the ECT or how yeah, did that? I had spent, uh, you know, this was my, this was my first like official through hike, almost 5,000 miles. Right. And uh, so I, I had actually spent like more or less years, years planning this and kind of preparing for this. And so you're you know, mentally think- ready. Yeah, figuring out my style of backpacking, what I like most, my gear and uh, all that stuff. So backpacking at home and doing the Ocean of Lake, I I just started, no one ever wanted to go hiking with me because they're scared of the swamps, you know, yeah. scared of the alligators and the snakes, which aren't a big deal at all. But, you know, I, I understand the, the train of thought. Uh, so not having anyone to hike with, I just started doing more miles in a day. And, you know, I, I went from that first, like, four mile hike I ever did to, uh, you know, doing 20 in a day to 30 in a day. And before I left, I did 48. That was, that was my biggest day before I left for the ECT. And that was comfortable. You know, I didn't, I wasn't sore afterwards or anything. Right. So yeah, I had probably a year in advance already known and planned and prepared for, uh, doing the Florida trail as a speed record. Yeah. Okay. So this entire hike, 5,000 miles, it was just meticulously every single step planned and thought out. That's who I am, though. No, you know, you know, you know, yeah. you don't yeah. need to do that. No one needs to do that, but right. that's just who I am. You mentioned, I guess, I listened recently to your, your Roots podcast, you're talking about being a little bit nervous about connecting some of the trails around Alabama. Did you come into any nerves coming into Florida thinking about going for this FKT or, or you were just like ready gung-ho let's get this going no I was so ready I uh, I was I was beyond ready uh just because you know that was kind of already my hiking style I knew that I knew that the record uh previous to me was set by Tattoo Joe and mm-hmm. the pace I had to maintain was 36 miles per day which for Joe that was just him kind of messing around you know, that's, that's just how he hikes. Right. And, uh, so I honestly, I kind of looked at it as low hanging fruit in the record world. You know, I questioned like, why hasn't anyone gone after this before, you know? And, and I think a lot of people did just, you don't hear about them cause they didn't make it, but, uh, right. uh, so I, I was pretty confident going in, you know, I, even on the Appalachian trail, I was doing a lot of really high mileage days and, uh, so Florida and, you know, Florida doesn't have the mountains. So it's kind of right. really yourself to walk that much in a single day. Um, <laughs> but uh, when I started the record attempt, I, uh, got sick that first day. I, that first day I was sick and that lasted for three days. So my first three days of it were actually like really not good at all. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a there's a small video of me online where I don't know some guy thought I was on drugs but really I was just like so sick and so stuffed up and my eyes were just so red and swollen that uh, it looked like I was on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> 
So and you're about I to put your body through more torture and your body's like, I just want to rest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was still doing mid thirties, uh, mid 30 mile days. And, uh, I was off to just a bad start though because of that. And the sickness kind of put me in a routine of taking too many breaks and, you know, <laughs> right. so that actually wound up like messing with me a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you, I guess, talk about some of the like, FKT basics, like what's the, I guess, courtesies uh, involved in, you know, talking to the previous record holders and um, I guess documentation for people who may not know. Yeah. uh, This is, these uh, are FKTs or fastest known times, uh, speed records. Uh, They're all kind of just self governed in a way where it's, more or less on an, or it used to be more or less on an honor system mm-hmm. because so few people were ever interested in doing such a thing that, you know, there didn't really need to be all these rules and regulations. And, uh, but just recently in 2016, it's now a very big deal, uh, that you have to carry some sort of a GPS device or, and that, that came because someone made that- a big, someone made a big mistake. Oh. And, uh, yeah, this this person on the Appalachian Trail claims okay. some things that were. F- anyway, that's who I was thinking. I was like, I think I knew who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was a big deal at least that that year, and I still hear about it from people. But uh, yeah, so for the longest time, it was just kind of you know, it was it was just a bunch of hiking nerds that liked walking big miles and. You know, they all kind of reported in on this one forum, uh, fastestknowntimes.com. And uh, there was these rules or sort of standards, sort of uh, almost like paying your respects to the guy, the guys before you, you know, where uh, I think either set by Scott Williamson, a PCT legend, or maybe Peter Balkan himself, which he's kind of the the one of the governing officers of these records uh and you're supposed to you know pay your specs you're supposed to contact the guy who holds the record currently and you know tell him that this is what you're up to and you know you're supposed to kind of follow in the same path that they did so if they did uh if they went west around Lake Okeechobee, you got to go west around Lake Okeechobee. If they didn't oh, okay. hitchhike at all, like a lot of hikers will hitchhike into towns uh, right. off trail miles. But if they didn't do that, if they walked those uh, miles into every single town, then that's a standard you're supposed to adhere to. Um, right. You're supposed to document everything uh, as thoroughly as you possibly can, uh, just because that is your that you're supposed to be providing uh, all the proof, you know, if anyone wants right. to dispute you, you should have enough evidence to, uh, just, you know, lay their claims to rest or vice versa or whatever. Right. right. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of little standards and things to kind of, kind of follow, you know, you can't just, you can't just go out there and do it and, and uh, come up at the end of two months there. and say, I did it. Yeah. Yeah. No one, no one's going to believe you now. <laughs> Yeah. Right. So how did, did trail life change for you when you, from, you know, coming off, I guess the Pinhoti and the Alabama connector trails, um, did it, did you change anything up when you started the Florida trail? Um, well, since I was going for this record, I actually started off the Florida trail with about six external batteries for my phone. <laughs> I, I got in this ridiculous habit over the past like 3000 miles of listening to a lot of podcasts and audiobooks And right. So, and also I, I really wanted to just be able to take a lot of pictures and do a lot of video and stuff. And so I, I didn't ever want to have to stop and have to charge my phone or charge anything for as long as possible. And that actually lasted me like, I don't know, two or three weeks. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of funny, though, starting out with like four pounds of batteries <laughs> just for this for this thing. But uh, yeah, I'd say that was kind of, I changed to a couple like lighter weight things, you know, just uh, test, testing a backpack out for uh, a certain company and 
Yeah. Not, not really much changed. You know, it's amazing how similar everything I used was all the way from Canada down to uh, the Keys. You know, just kind of running away from the seasons as I went. You know, fall was always – fall and winter was always, like, right on my tail. Right. And that was kind of the idea, you know, not to get stuck in snow, but also to be in Florida when the weather is the most beautiful. Right. Yeah. And you're already a pretty ultralight backpacker. Um, yeah. Talk, I mean, can you talk about your gear a little bit, um, the pack you're using and um, how you sleep and that sort of thing? Sure. Um, well, on my first ever hiking trip or my first ever backpacking trip, I I carried abs- – I, I just didn't know what I was doing. You know, I, I didn't know what backpacking meant. You know, I should have just looked up a definition, <laughs> you know, that you're supposed to be self-sufficient or self-reliant uh, right. out in that country. And my first ever trip, all I brought was water, a towel. Um, I, I, you know, I think it was just water, towel, a backpack, and I had like some <laughs> skateboarding shoes. And we were supposed to go through the swamp, through the swamp for like 30 miles and camp like twice. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's all I had. I had water and a towel and no food. I had no food. I just didn't even know what I was thinking. But uh, one of my friends kind of came through and just had like my friend, Sarah, she's such a blessing, but uh, she just had absolutely everything. You know, we just shared a tent and she shared her food and (laughs) I actually had a really great time. Uh, But uh, anyway, so I started off carrying nothing (laughs) just because I didn't know what to carry. So then on the Appalachian Trail in 2012, I, uh, I, I just had that in the back of my mind that, you know, I got to have everything for every contingency and every, like, I'm going to be out here potentially for six, seven months or something. You know, I, I just got to have it all. So I started the Appalachian Trail with a 70-pound backpack. Oh, my goodness. Probably six of those pounds were trail mix alone. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I, I had all sorts of books and knives and who knows what I, I wish I could, I wish I had pictures, but, uh, yeah. So I, I then I, the reason I wound up getting off the Appalachian trail in 2012 was, as you can guess, my crushing, (laughs) the crushing weight of my 70 pound pack caused me a lot of pain. Yeah. Uh, it, it actually, uh, I, wind up having all these ankle problems and foot problems. And I just remember uh, like my last 10 or so miles on trail or 15 miles on trail. Uh, I just cried the whole way. Cause I was just in so much pain with every step. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, so I, I got off trail and kind of put that aside the whole hiking stuff. And, you know, anyway, these days I, I remembered how horrible or how miserable it was to carry something so heavy and, you know, so I found out about like ultralight backpacking, which mm-hmm. is just uh, carrying like carrying exactly what you need for the conditions ahead. You know, it's right. it's usually categorized by like a backpack under 10 pounds. But uh, so I, I found out about that and I just really started to get into it and really nerd out on it and just want to analyze every little detail about what I brought and how I could lessen that load and just minimize carry less in general uh whether it was lighter or not just carry less and be happy and comfortable and mostly safe right right, right, um, right. so now uh you know i went from the appalachian trail in 2012 carrying 70 pounds now i'm about to start the pacific crest trail with a five pound backpack and i did uh, wow. the eastern continental trail with a six pound pack five thousand miles all the way canada down to the keys a six pound backpack and I was happy 99% of the time, you know, I was happy, dry and warm the vast right. of the time. So, uh, I just sleep underneath a little tarp, you know, I got a, I uh, got something, a plastic sheet to separate me from the wet ground. If it happens to be that way, uh, you know, uh, I got some clothes, some sleeping, <laughs> I got a sleeping <laughs> bag. <laughs> I, I just have like the absolute minimum. Absolute minimum. Okay. okay. Yeah. It's, so, so, so because of that, that you don't have, don't have to. to uh, uh, it's echoing again. Um, um, you're not you're looking not for looking. any particular campsite. So, 
you're basically able to find stop off the side of the road and pick up wherever you are. So you're able to walk all day and not necessarily worry about having to be somewhere particular, you know, to hang a hammock or to have somewhere flat to sleep. Yeah. Well, uh, actually when you're, when you're carrying so little, uh, your just your skills and your, uh, the way you kind of look at where you're going to set up and just the way you act when it's cold and, uh, that that's all very important. So yeah, I, I do pay a lot of attention to where I'm setting up and, you know, I, I don't, ever set up at places that are like established campsites because I know animals like to visit those campsites. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I don't want animals digging through my food when I don't hang my food up, you know? So uh, I also, I don't stay at those campsites because usually the ground is really hard and compact because so many people have slept there and my sleeping pad is (laughs) literally paper thin, you know? So I want like a nice, bedding of uh, leaves or a nice bedding of pine needles or anything. Uh, so yeah, I, I do pay a lot of attention into where I'm, I'm sleeping depending on the conditions if uh, they're rough, but yeah, if everything is good, if it's kind of like warm outside and you know, rain isn't in the forecast and yeah, I, I literally just pull up anywhere and just fall asleep there. I've slept on the sides of highways and like that one little bush for the, for 10 miles, the one bush, Uh, (laughs) I've slept in people's yards in Canada and Alabama and, you know, but if I, uh, set up after dark and I leave before morning and I leave absolutely no trace of me ever existing, then, you know, I'm only there for a brief moment in time. Yeah. But I think that's what you're getting at that. Yeah. I, I have just kind of, once I'm tired, once I'm dead beat and I just kind of roll over and set up, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, so what kind of miles were you doing? I think you were consistently in the, in the 40 mile an hour, mile an hour. That would be great. 40 mile a day range, um, (laughs) as you're going for the FKT. Yeah. Um, But um, can you talk about like your, what time you're getting up during the day to go hike and how long you're um, hiking till? Uh, I, I was kind of just, I knew that all my hardest hiking was up in Canada and Maine and New Hampshire. Uh, so I kind of started off doing slower days as the Eastern Continental Trail went, uh, I guess in comparison to what I was doing in Florida. But it, the second I hit Vermont, uh, I just felt free. You know, I felt like I could just move freely and uh, do everything I wanted to in the day. And uh, so Vermont, I really started doing big miles. And by the time I got to Virginia and Georgia, uh, 40 was not uncommon and, uh, thirties was, you know, that was pretty much what I aimed for every day. I aimed for 40 and I was just hoping I'd land in the thirties. But, uh, when I hit the Florida trail, I, I started off, I knew that I had to average 36 miles a day, but I, uh, I started off sick for three days. So yeah. I, I think I was like right around there, maybe 32. I was right in that range and I got into some bad habits, because I was sick, just taking the breaks. And that really, mm-hmm. Florida's hard because you're hiking it in the dead of winter when the days are short. Yes, you know? so yes. The days are so short. I didn't have much daylight to get the miles done. So uh, I started off doing like low 30s and uh, I got to the halfway point, uh, which I think is right around Keystone Heights and uh, like the Rice Creek Conservation yeah. Area. Ooh. Beautiful, beautiful section. I love that. And uh, but I, I checked my pace and my schedule, and I was like two, maybe two days behind schedule or oh, three man. days. And uh, so right then and there, I kind of that was like the scaredest I guess I was of am I going to be able to do this thing, you know? But I, I really kicked myself into gear, and I think after that, uh, I, I'd have to go back on my website. I have all my days kind of cataloged, but. Uh, after the halfway mark, I think I was doing 40 every single day and some days were closer to 50, like 47 or 48. Yeah, I saw that. It was so hard with, uh, the daylight because I, I wouldn't, I, I don't know. I don't like to wake up crazy early. (laughs) You know, I at least kind of want to enjoy myself a little bit and sleep a little bit, Uh but, uh, you know, I, I guess I just wasn't willing to sacrifice myself that much to lose sleep over this thing. But uh, 
so I'd wake up as the sun rose and I'd pack up immediately and get going. And uh, I wouldn't stop though until three or four hours after sunset. And that first hour of night hiking is kind of fun. And then after that, it's just miserable. It's so miserable. So, uh, you know, I would do anything to distract myself because you can't, you know, you're hiking through all these beautiful places in Florida and here I was doing like three or four hours of that every day in the dark. And you don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. So I did, I guess I missed some sections I'd probably really like to see. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, I mean, you obviously have a headlamp, but did you, you know, encounter, encounter anything interesting during those night hikes? Like, bears or snakes or anything interesting was it pretty quiet um you know i'm not sure about during the night i i don't really remember uh i honestly i i just it just so happened to turn out this way that most of those night hikes were actually during road walks oh okay that was really cool that it worked out that way so i did i missed a i you know just visually i missed a certain section in ocala national forest that i would really love to have seen a small section of the Oscilla River that I'd really love to have seen, but most of them were roadwalks. Um, but one morning, uh, one early morning, I was woken up. I heard something kind of, you know, in the distance, and it's it's usually just an armadillo or a lizard that's being extra loud, and, you know, you, you make it into this giant thing in your head that it's a bear, but it, right. it's almost always a tiny, tiny little thing just making a ruckus. But anyway, uh, so I, I was laying there and I was trying to will myself to get up and pack up and move. And uh, just I hear this pounding, this pounding coming closer to me. And I realized very quickly that it was not a lizard. And uh, just like 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. in the morning, a panther runs right by me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> a Florida panther. Uh, I was only sleeping like seven, maybe 10 feet off trail. And the panther ran right past me on the trail. Oh, wow. That was up in Appalachia, National Forest. And that was incredible. Uh, There was so many hunters up there. So I think it was running away from some hunters. Right, early morning. But they're all just like teaming through the forest. So it was running away from them and just stumbled upon me. (laughs) (laughs) That was probably the craziest thing I saw, I think. You know, right. Um, so, so I was thinking about something when you were talking about walking on the roads at night. Did you put any reflectors on your bag or anything like that, or you just hope for the best? No, <laughs> I uh, I ordered a I I had ordered I was hiking in the middle of hunting season, which I don't recommend at all. Uh, it was just how my timing worked coming all the way from Canada. But I had ordered a bright orange hat from an organization I won't name. And uh, <laughs> I'd ordered it like two months prior and it just never came. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I swear it came like a week after I got home, which was silly. But uh, so that was going to be my only thing. So kind of in protest, I just didn't wear I didn't have anything orange and I didn't wear any reflectives, which, again, I don't recommend. Uh, I've definitely had some like closer calls with vehicles mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, hiking and hunting season. You definitely want something orange. You know, like you just right. don't want to risk that. You don't want to. It, it's like you you just don't want to risk that. You know, it's not it's not like you're getting a speeding ticket for two hundred dollars. It's like you're risking your life. You're risking your life for nothing. So uh, that was really stupid of me. But uh, no, I, I didn't wear anything reflective, and I don't recommend that at all. Yeah. Right. So you're putting on all these miles. Did you have any sections that you wished you were not? going through so fast did you stop and enjoy a few of the sections that you really liked yeah i mean in in florida specifically there's so many so many of them uh just because i i didn't have the everywhere else you know i had the luxury of like oh i could stop here if i wanted but in florida going for the record i i didn't have that choice i just had to keep going so uh, definitely the Oscilla River or the Oscilla Sinks, which is up mm-hmm. near St. Mark's. And that was, I think it's just an 18-mile stretch, but that was without a doubt my favorite section of the Florida Trail. It was just, a, you know, this incredibly dense jungle that, you know, it looked like it was straight out of Jurassic Park. And 
it has this just beautiful river going through the whole thing. Uh, and the river, it disappears underground. So you'll be following along it and it'll disappear. It'll go underneath the ground and like half a mile later, it'll pop back up. And uh, just the whole area is littered with these sinkholes and uh, caves and stuff. So that that was incredible. I would have loved to have hung out there more. Um, uh, the Kissimmee area, Kissimmee River area, uh, yes. which it, it just has all these really amazing uh, oak trees with Spanish moss hanging off of them. And that would be a great place to kind of hang out. And uh, yeah, the Suwannee River. Yeah, <laughs> I love that section. Incredible. That just so many beautiful little resources for hikers right through there. And uh, two shelters in the Suwannee River section. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, two shelters. I think there's only eight of them on the entire Florida Trail. Mm-hmm. And uh, two of them are, are on a spur trail of the Florida Trail, so you won't even see those in a normal thru-hike. But, yeah, so uh, definitely Osceola, Kissimmee. I mean, Florida Trail has so many beautiful sections that, yeah, I was constantly th- – I honestly, last year – I was really thinking I was going to be doing the Florida Trail again this year. Oh, I, I was almost dead set on it, just as a, like a leisurely uh, type hike and just kind of see it all. And yeah, I, I was pretty dead set, and just things kind of changed a little bit. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you if Florida stays your home base for you know many years to come, I'm sure you'll be able to take many training hikes along the trail and. Yeah, it'll be there for you, hopefully. Well, there's a there's a couple people, uh, Bushwhacker. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he's hiked the Florida Trail maybe five or six times. I think, but six. he, he kind of does it. Yeah, six times. He's awesome. I love Bushwhacker. He's such a nice guy. But uh, he he does the Florida Trail kind of as the entire thing, one thousand one hundred miles, as like a training hike for a bigger through hike. So the Pacific crest trail or the Arizona trail or the continental divide trail, he'll do the Florida trail. And then a a few months later, he'll go off on one of these other ones. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that. It's, you know, it's, it's just 1000 miles or so, which isn't like that big in the grand scheme of things. So you, you can kind of do that. Right. Yeah. Um, so did you have any, any weird encounters with people or strangers asking what you were doing? Um, or any good encounters with anybody? Uh, I I think I kind of keep to myself, and you know I, I don't really. I try and be as nice as res- and respectful as I can to uh, the folks in towns that I do meet, because you know there's I'm not the first person to ever hike this trail, and I'm certainly not the last person. Uh, any trail that goes for you know, so you always want to be as respectful and friendly as possible. Uh, just, you know, leave a good impression, leave the place better than you found it type deal. But, uh, you know, I, I can't remember too many things that really stand out in those regards. Um, okay. there, when I first got to the Florida trail, I, I hadn't seen, I had seen one other hiker since the Appalachian trail, which, uh, I think that's maybe like, 700 miles i saw one other hiker wow (laughs) so when i got to the florida trail i was like pretty deprived for just like human interaction in a way and uh my first my first day uh on the florida trail uh before i started the record because i was doing everything by foot and i was still walking to like the northern terminus but uh i met the most wonderful people ever uh kelly and sean (laughs) They live up in uh, Crestview, and they're just—they're so amazing. They—they were so friendly, and I was so happy to run into them. And you know, they were just out on—I guess like an overnight uh, trip on uh, a new section of the Florida Trail up there near Blackwater. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, that was that was the most amazing thing. And you know, they were just so friendly, and uh, yeah, and they're—they're they're still very—they're very deep into the Florida Trail community now, and. I, th- I think oh. they're having they're having a lot of fun as trail angels. I certainly hope so, you know, because I still remember meeting them, and I, I very much, you know, that that'll stick with me for a long time. Right. What about things on the trail 
things about the trail that you think should be improved upon. Um, obviously, roadwalks and <laughs> elimination of roadwalks. But did you see anything else that mentally that you thought would be uh, that we'd hope would be beneficial to change in the future? No, you you said it right there. It's the roadwalks. Uh, I think everything else about the trail is fine and beautiful, and you know it's it's mostly well maintained. It's more maintained than a lot of trails out in those states. Uh, it's uh, very well marked. It's you know Sandra Friend, and uh, they they do a very amazing job with uh, you know resources for the floor trail. Hikes dot com. Doing the guidebook and then having the app and uh, it's, I mean, it's not like we're gonna put boardwalks over every swamp. That'd be right. Uh, it's really it's the roadwalks that that's it, man. You know, I just had a really good friend go out and attempt the Florida Trail, and uh, the re- the only reason he quit was because he just, you know, he 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 didn't feel like walking the roads and he didn't feel like hitching the roads either. So right. Uh, you know, I think one thing I try and keep in mind always is just like someone will have to fact check me on this, but I think Florida is now the second has the second highest population in the United States next to California. And if you look at the size of California to the size of Florida, Florida is much smaller. So it's a more dense population throughout the entire state. So it is amazing that we even have this trail and we have all of these natural areas that are so amazing and beautiful and, you know, for us to enjoy. And uh, so, yeah, the roadwalks will like, that'll probably always be a thing, but, uh, and every single year they, there's less of them. Yeah. I, I do wish, I do wish there was just like one, one really big push to, uh, you know, get rid of a lot of them in some way or another, you know, right. either buying, buying the land around them or uh, maybe uh, forming relationships with those like farmers or just something. Right. That, that's the one thing I, I would love to see improved. Yeah, yeah. I always, I tried to go into the roadwalks. I mean, the ones that are on like the state highways, like state road 60 and the ones that are busier are, are harder to, uh, to mentally <laughs> work yourself up to, but yeah. The country road walks didn't bother me nearly as much because, you know, they weren't so busy and you at least saw some scenic things. And I think the most frustrating part for me was was definitely worrying about, you know, where I was going to camp that night and having to, you know, because I'm That's not a big mileage person like you. Well, you have to make that. 30 miles to go camp. So and there's a there's a one road walk I can remember that like along the way, I don't it's a it's like. 40 miles or something. And along the way, I don't remember a single place. You can pretty much like there was an RV campground almost right at the start of it. And then that's like it, you know? So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't blame anyone if they want to hitch those roadwalks, you know, just so they can experience the Florida trail and see the Florida trail. If they want to say they threw hiked great, you know, I, I don't, I don't blame them at all. I think that's, awesome that they're getting out there and they're enjoying it in the way they want to enjoy it. You know, I don't think you should necessarily force yourself to do, to do those things, but, uh, right. You know, I, I myself, you know, and I understand other people's perspectives of, uh, you know, just have to walk every single step. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like I wasn't even hitchhiking into towns off trail, but you know, I, I until the Florida trail association or, something changes in that regard then yeah do your thing <laughs> you know enjoy it right. yeah i almost wish there was like bike stations at the roadwalk so you could bike those sections or something <laughs> to <laughs> make it a little yeah. bit easier i don't know man or hiking in some heelys yes down the roads <laughs> yeah we actually i did my we did our first like ever slack pack on a roadwalk with a trail angel offered to slack us and i'm like and it was weird for us because we were that was not something we did on AT. It was like slack pack. No, that's, that's not the way you do things. <laughs> I mean, no offense to people who do that, but so we obviously did it on there. And I was like, it was amazing because you didn't have all the weight on your pack. Your feet didn't hurt nearly as bad. So. Yeah, sure. So. 
Yeah, I, I change up how sometimes I'll walk backwards down the road. <laughs> you know, I'll go fast, I'll go slow, I'll walk in the grass, I'll walk in the side, I'll walk in the middle of the road. You don't know, oh, ever yeah. Yeah. The sides of the roads are at a tilt. They're yes. At a tilt. So uh that will mess your feet up a little bit extra too. Yeah. But hopefully hopefully this conversation in another five years will right. be a relic <laughs> of the past. It's like roadwalks on the Florida Trail. I mean, there's a couple of nice bike paths, but, you know, I don't know any roadwalks. Right. (laughs) I I can dream. There's a lot of potential for a really, really, really fun trail out there. And it already is with just, you know, the few little blights along the way. Right. Right. So let's go back to your FKT and as you're wandering down those final miles in big Cypress, um, what was going through your mind? Um, <laughs> well, the, the night prior, I had a couple friends who, uh, I was hiking down in big Cypress, which, uh, you know, it's, it's only so many, it's only so many hours, like three hours away from where I live. Anyway, back home, I had a bunch of friends who were running a 200 K, uh, you know, self-inflicted suffer fest, <laughs> not, not official or anything. It was a, uh, a round trip of the ocean lakes. So they were going ocean to lake back to ocean mm-hmm. for, uh, 128 miles or something. And, uh, so I was hiking into the night and I had my, my good friends, uh, like Christian and Chris and, uh, just amazing ultra runners that I've met along the way. I had them in my brain, like, wow, you know, they're putting them through this, like, they're putting them themselves through this pain. Like the, the least I can do is uh, push all the way to the finish, which would have been like a 90 mile day or something. Right. <laughs> and uh, I was, I was night hiking through uh, the native American reservation down there. Right, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right before uh, I think it might be make I I don't know, but anyway, okay. yeah, it's one of the two. And I was night hiking through there and I was going to go all night and I was probably at that point, I was maybe 30 something miles into my day and with just like 40 left to go or 50 left to go or something. And I was just going to do that final last push. And, uh, I actually, I wound up, I just started like sleepwalking. I fell asleep <laughs> while walking. Oh the my goodness. There. And, uh, <laughs> I remember I sat, I had, I was too tired to like eat food while walking. So I just like, you know, physically I was fine to go. It was just, my brain was fried. <laughs> So I, I remember sitting down on the side of the road to like eat this cliff bar and I just fell asleep <laughs> and I wound up waking up uh, about two hours later and uh, just like freaking out that, you know, I, I uh, wanted to do this thing and here I, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to, anyway, it, it was a big ordeal. So that next day I, I was just really pushing and pushing to finish. And I think I, I was jogging almost every mile that wasn't underneath water. Uh, But the coolest part about that last day going through Big Cypress, I was finishing my hike as uh, the Florida Trail kickoff was happening. Right. When I was going through Big Cypress, I got to see the entire class of 2017 hikers starting their journeys. You know, and that was without a doubt the coolest thing. That was like just you know, seeing all these happy, friendly faces and some faces I even recognized from the Appalachian trail that year. Oh, you know, wow. Starting the Florida trail. And, uh, yeah, that was just the most amazing feeling ever to run into all of them. And, you know, and again, I, I was running all the dry parts, so I was running past some of these people and they were just <laughs> like, Oh, you got it. You know, <laughs> but, that's uh, good. Cheerleading for the end. That's good. Yeah, And, uh, I, I didn't, Big Cypress is pretty gnarly. Uh, a, it's like 30 miles of water and swamp and mud, and it's just very difficult hiking, and but very beautiful and just alien, different mm-hmm. than anything. And uh, But to add to the difficulty, it's like on a bed of limestone, you know, yeah. rock with all these like deep holes, sort of deep, you know, potholes, right. deep enough to break your ankle. Yes. <laughs> you are not super careful. Uh so anyway, I, I wasn't able to finish during the day and I actually wound up, I did my last like six miles in the dark and I was still, uh, 
I was still like poised on running and stuff. So I was like <laughs> running in the dark through Big Cypress across these like limestone potholes and uh yeah finishing up and they're just again because of the kickoff there just happened to be people there at the southern terminus and you know waiting for me and i as i was running up i guess they could see my little tiny flashlight (laughs) bouncing in in way off in the distance and someone was like ringing a cowbell (laughs) It it was the coolest thing ever but yeah so that that was that was a an amazing way to finish. Yeah, that sounds awesome. That sounds better than showing up by yourself to the end. <laughs> yeah, which you know that would have been that would have been special too. It would have been special in a different way. Uh, you know, time to reflect and you know right. maybe cry or whatever. Right. <laughs> no, it it would have been different, but just as special, I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, you took a couple days off after that, right? Yeah, it was Big Cypress kind of broke me uh, <laughs> just because of all the running and then still like pushing four mile an hour pace through like the swampy, muddy water. And uh, so I, I wound up getting like some blisters just on that last day yeah. and uh, just being just overall tired. And, you know, knowing that I no longer was I finished the record, I had done it. I think it was what 28 days and some hours uh, for a thousand 1,100 miles. And, uh, so yeah, I took off a couple of days and kind of recovered. And in some ways I wish I didn't just to kind of keep the thing continuous, but, uh, you know, I I needed to, Yeah, (laughs) I I can't just make, I can't kill myself all the time. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, no, you you didn't do the, uh, section to loop road. Did you, do you just went straight down the road to finishing Key West? All right. <laughs> Me and my friend, Chris Bell, <laughs> we, we had done the section from Loop Road to Oasis like a year prior. Okay. And it, it is amazing. It is maybe even the most scenic section of Big Cypress, uh, just because you, I don't know, it's more dense. It's, uh, it's, and it's remote. It's so yeah, different. It's yeah. Even more remote. And so that is an amazing section. And, uh, but no, I, I didn't do that. I just, I got, I got on the road and I just started walking. I'm like, (laughs) I'm done with the swamp for now. I'm just, (laughs) I don't blame you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What is it? Another 10 miles or something? Um, I think it's eight. Yeah. Um, I just didn't feel like (laughs) I've, I've done that section twice and I love it both times. So yeah, (laughs) I was done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you'd already done. 4,000 something miles. So I, again, don't blame you. (laughs) Yeah. At at that point, finishing up the Florida trail, I had done, uh, 4,600 miles. Wow. So, yeah. And then how did it feel to end at Key West? Uh, I don't know. It, uh, it, it was just, I don't know. I guess it's hard to put into feelings. I mean, the keys was amazing. I loved that last 100 miles walking through the keys on the overseas heritage trail. Mm-hmm. I would honestly do that again. I would do that last 100 miles again. Uh, it was so beautiful walking over all the bridges and just being surrounded by the water. And then there's all these, I was totally broke at the time, but there's all these little like cute restaurants and you know, touristy things, but it's, it was amazing. So I I really love the keys. It was just like, you know, I, I had been, I guess, walking for so long and I just, it was just weird to stop walking. It was weird to know that, you know, this was the end of the line. You know, you, you walk for, you've been walking so long towards this one goal and then suddenly you don't, have another goal necessarily you know right. so it was it was less of like a cele- celebratory moment mm-hmm. it was more somber i think for me just to you know to finally be to that point in time uh i remember back in maine you know like what over three thousand miles back and uh i remember being at a hostel and uh, turn on the TV, and there was a little, just a little, ten minute segment uh, in the in a TV show about the keys, 
And I was at this hostel on a couch watching this thing about the keys in Maine. And I started crying. It's <laughs> because <laughs> I, that was like, that was the ultimate destination. And, you know, so, so finishing up, I, I think I just, I was almost like a walking robot. Uh, I was still enjoying myself a lot, but uh, I think my brain was just, I don't know. I, I didn't know where I was going after that, I suppose. And yeah. Would, it may be post-trail depression starting already. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, like I said, still happy and still loving being there, but mm-hmm. just knowing that it's about to end was hard. Right. You know? Well, that sounds like an amazing adventure. That's for sure. It yeah. really was. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I won't say never, but uh, I'd, I'd probably do the thing again, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe one day it'll just call to me again. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Well, you might be the future nimble will nomad the second. I don't know. Jupiter nomad. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll, we'll see how the tra- trajectory of my life goes. But I guess for those who don't know Nimble Will Nomad, he was uh, he was the second person to ever do the Eastern Continental Trail. And I believe in maybe the last 20 years or so, uh, someone needs to do better research than I have. Uh, but I believe maybe only 20 or so people had done the Eastern Continental Trail. Right. So about one per year. And I think that's really interesting. One per year is successful. Who knows how many attempt it. Right. But uh, Nimble Will Nomad was the second person ever next to, I want to say his name is John Brenda. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Sure. I'm so sorry to this person. But uh, Nimble Will was the one who kind of gave it its name. And he uh, popularized it with his book, 10 Million Steps, which is a fantastic book. You know, he starts down in uh, down south and, you know, in the swamp. And he had, he had a heck of a time. That's right. Sure. So, uh, yeah, Nimblewill has gone on to hike, I want to say, about 40,000 miles. Uh, and he started hiking in, like, his 60s. <laughs> yeah. So, just uh, he started walking and he never stopped, really. Yeah. You know, he's, he's circumnavigated the entire United States. He's, uh, he's just done, he's done it all. Right. It all. And he has an interesting style and philosophy behind it as well. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I would definitely love to continue doing these big long trips. And, you know, this year I'm setting off to uh, attempt a yo-yo on the Pacific Crest Trail. Mm-hmm. So starting in Mexico and hiking all the way up to Canada and then all the way back down the same <laughs> way I came to Mexico for uh, hopefully a wonderful 5,300-mile trip. I think it'll be good. I yeah, me good. too. I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess to wrap up, do you have any final words of wisdom for people who may be coming out on the Florida Trail next year? Because eh, it's probably wrapping up this season, but um, or people who are thinking about going on the Florida Trail, um, anything you would tell them? Yeah. You know, keep it fun. Keep it fun. And uh, if you're ever down, just, I don't know, there's so many amazing little places along the way. And, uh, you know, just try and stay positive because, you know, not every single day is beautiful sunshine. And, right. You no, know, but in those, in that rain or in that road or whatever it is that may be bothering you, uh, there's always something special about it. You know, and it, when when you're finished, you will miss those things. You will miss those. You will miss getting soaked, and you'll miss <laughs> everything. So, uh, you know, be happy, be friendly, and appreciate it. Right. Yeah. And where can people follow your PCT journey? Uh, it, just look up Jupiter Hikes. One okay. word: Jupiter Hikes. Uh, I'm on Instagram. That's where I post most most everything. Uh, I recently uh, released a sort of documentary about my Eastern Continental Trail hike on YouTube. So if you search Jupiter Hikes, uh, you'll find a 35-minute video that depicts, uh, and through video, I, th- I think it came out great. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, 35 minutes from Quebec all the way down to the Keys and 
Uh, yeah, I, I have a blog. If you want to go back and read sort of anecdotes from this past hike, or if you want to read about this future hike, mm-hmm. you know, so Jupiter hikes, I'm not too hard to find. All right. <laughs> Thank you again for taking the time out before you head out to um, the PCT and um, getting this podcast going and helping helping me launch this thing. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for doing this. And uh, for people who don't know, you were on the trail show once. Talking yes. About the Florida Trail. Yeah. And uh, the trail show has gone on to be a very successful podcast. And uh, yes. I think you just, I loved that episode. I think you did the most amazing job of just really selling the Florida Trail and you know, talking about what's so amazing. And uh, I hope I even got close to <laughs> that here. So Thank you. Uh, yeah, thanks for inviting me and thanks for doing all this. Thanks. I look forward to future episodes. All right.